Psalm 56, for the, direct, for the music director, according to the Yonath Elam Rakovim style, a prayer of David, written when the Philistines captured him in Gath. Have mercy on me, O God, for men are attacking me. All day long hostile enemies are tormenting me. Those who anticipate my, my defeat attack me all day long. Indeed, many are fighting against me, O exalted one. When I am afraid, I trust in you. In God, I boast in his promise. In God, I trust. I am not afraid. What can mere men do to me? All day long, they cause me trouble. They make a habit of plotting my demise. They stalk and lurk. They watch my every step as they prepare to take my life. Because they are bent on violence, do not let them escape. In your anger, bring down the nations, O God. You keep track of my misery. Put my tears in your leather container. Are not they recorded on, in your scroll? My enemies will turn back when I cry out to you for help. I know that God is on my side. In God, I boast in, this, in his promise. In the Lord, I boast in his promise. In God, I trust. I am not afraid. What can mere men do to me? Am I, I am obligated to fulfill the vows I made to you, O God. I will give you the thing offerings you deserve. When you deliver my life from death, you keep my feet from stumbling so that I might serve God as I enjoy life. So I read from the Net Translation, uh, the Net Bible. Um, it left the uh, one of the things in the superscription untranslated, and uh, that's because we really don't know what this term means. In uh, It's a clearly a musical term, um, and Robert Alter says it is one of the most mysterious musical term terms in the Psalms. And then he says, the literal sense of the three Hebrew words is haunting the mute dove of distant places. And uh, that is haunting the mute dove of distant places. Um, we have doves uh, sometimes around our house. Uh, they make noise um, kind of a lot. Uh, if you disrupt them, they make uh, they make a um, a noise as they fly off. Um, they're not loud, um, but uh, but they certainly aren't mute. That's a, an unusual thing to say about a dove, the mute dove of distant places. Really, an um, an impressive uh, image, fun to try to get your your mind around. Um, sort of, uh, I would say playful if the image were more um, positive. It's more of a it's a play on words for sure, but it's it's haunting. And then there's another one uh, later um, about uh, gathering uh, my tears in your flask. I think the Net Bible said my uh, the the leather vessel, um, but it's a it's a flask is a common way of putting it. Uh, probably wasn't glass, which is the point that the the translation is making. And again, this is a really um, evocative. Uh, powerful image. You can, you can see what's happening. Um, you can sort of imagine someone who really cared about someone who was in grief, collecting each one of their tears very carefully. And then in the case of the psalmist, he's asking for revenge because of um, what has happened to him. And so you can imagine that if, if a God who collected each one of your tears were to seek revenge for the pain and suffering that you were um, feeling at the hands of your enemies, um, how much care God would take 
and, and causing that revenge to occur as well. Um, as I was thinking about these two very, very evocative phrases, uh, the, the mute dove in the distance uh, or in a distant place and uh, putting, your, um, putting my tears in a flask, thinking how some of those very um, just intriguing images often are the things that we take away from poetry. Um, and I think they are important. Um, one of the uh, um, things I've read about is how the Anglo-Saxon poets would come up with phrases like um, uh, the, uh, the whale road, uh, meaning the ocean, because that's the road that the ocean, the um, whales travel on. Uh, really a neat image. And um, those are really fun to sort of grasp onto. Um, but it almost seems like uh, this is the dessert um, part of a poem. And there's a, there's a meaty part, a part that um, we're meant to consume. And that's, uh, in this case, it's a, it's a story of a man who has felt wronged and wants revenge from God. And um, those sort of nice images, the images that are interesting and fun to think about, um, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't obscure the fact that this is a, a, a psalm in which the psalmist is asking for revenge um, on his enemies. Um, and again, uh, as I've said a few times, uh, the psalms are not... Um, they're not nice. <laughs> they are sometimes harsh. They're transparent. They're open. They're honest. Um, they go directly to God with, you know, exactly the emotional need that the psalmist is feeling. Uh, they don't try to sugarcoat things. Um, those nice words are there, but uh, it's really all about, um, you know, expressing yourself as directly and as forcefully and strongly as you can. Um, and I don't think God is uh, afraid of that. I think God, in fact, um, welcomes us um, coming to him honestly. Um, now, it's what we do with these things afterwards. If you were to go seek revenge for yourself, uh, I believe that would be very, uh, uh, potentially be evil. Um, revenge, sort of revenge cycles that we've seen in the world, um, they're, just, they're just awful and they make the world much worse. Um, but sometimes I think it can help to go to God and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I wish would happen. And then letting God um, sort it out uh, because he can. All right. Well, I'll talk to you the next time I read a psalm on the podcast.